0: This is the Digital Marketing Punkcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the active resistance against bad digital marketing. This is the Digital Marketing Punkcast and I am DM Punk. This is episode number 27 and today we're talking about the power of podcasting. Yes, this very thing that you are listening to. Um, This episode was recorded in May of 2020 okay hello everybody i hope you are all staying safe and staying well during this not very nice time where we are all locked down staying indoors it's the right thing to do let's stay safe okay um Really cool episode today because I've literally just got off the line with doing an interview with the fantastic founder uh, and CEO of um, Podcast.co and Matchmaker.fm. If you don't know what either of them are, let me explain. Podcast.co is a podcast management and hosting platform. It is a fantastic um, podcast hosting and management platform, I should say. Um, It is where this very own podcast is hosted. And if you are thinking of starting up your own podcast, which you should be, if you are in any way in some kind of, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business person and you're thinking of marketing your business to a very niche, specific audience... um, then yeah, why not start a podcast? Why not get some content out there? Get some valuable content out there for people to listen to. You should be doing that. You should be doing that right now. Um, Matchmaker.fm is a really awesome brand spanking new platform um, by James and his team of people. He's created a platform which matches um, guests and podcast hosts together so they can find each other. So if you're a podcast host and you're looking for guests about, I don't know, something like marketing, for example, you can go away and you can find guests related to marketing. Maybe you want to find some marketing managers. Maybe you want to find some experts at YouTube or Facebook advertising or Snapchat or TikTok, hell, I don't know, but you can find all the experts that you are looking for on matchmaker.fm. Or if you are a um, if you are a person, an expert yourself, maybe you have something a story to tell, maybe you have something to um, talk about and you think that Uh, there's a podcast out there that will want to hear your story, or if you're a business person or entrepreneur and you want to have a platform to talk about your business, then that is the place to go to find podcasts that are going to be relevant to you and your prospective clients and customers. So I do highly recommend that you go and check that out. But first of all, what I think you should do is you listen to what James has to say. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about podcasting um, and its resurgence and the fact that it's now an old technology, but it's come back and it's now the it thing. Um, We talked about both the platforms, Matchmaker and Podcast.co. And we also talked about how he actually went and marketed these things because they're they're not easy things to do. You know, a podcast platform is a, you know, is a a crowded, complicated market. How did he go ahead and and build a platform and a viable platform, you know, a popular platform? How did he do that? How did he market that? And how is he now thinking about marketing Matchmaker.fm, which is um, something so specific and niche, but it's got a massive, massive audience. So how do you get how do you get that word out? I talked to him about that as well. Plus, right at the very end, if you are thinking about starting your own podcast, which may be the reason that you're listening to this, then he has some fantastic advice for any of you that are thinking of starting a podcast yourself. And it is the best advice. And I completely agree with his advice because it's the advice that I give everybody who asks me the same question. But enough from me. Let's go straight into it. This is James Mulvenny from Podcast Co. and Matchmaker.fm. And we are talking about the power of podcasting. Okay, so today with me, I'm very excited to have James Mulvaney. How are you doing? I'm good, Tom. How are you? I'm not too bad. You are from, well, I'm going to sort of allow you to introduce yourself, but you're from Podcast Co, but you have a very wide and varied history. Uh, You've got quite the portfolio of businesses going.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of an entrepreneur through and through, really, I think. I uh, weirdly enough, I've never actually had a job. I've never worked for anyone. So, I started really young. I when I was sixteen, left school, got I a, got a PayPal account on my sixteenth birthday because I was like, right, I need to make some money online. And everyone else was going out and getting jobs in you know McDonald's or whatever, and, and I was like, I want to sort of see how I can make some money on the internet. So I've always had sort of little businesses, and and, and over the sort of the last sort of fifteen years, have grown. You know. um We've got a team of about 30 now across uh, both companies. So I have Radio.co at the moment and Podcast.co. And I've had a a few other startups in the past as well, some of which I've sold, some of which haven't worked, and some of which have just kind of been merged into what we're doing now.
1: uh, You're not wrong where you say you are an entrepreneur through and through. Um, It's quite quite the portfolio, like you say. uh, Podcast.co is what I want to talk about at the moment. How did uh, the platform come about because you now have built over the past couple of years a uh, a podcast uh, management platform a hosting provider for anyone that wants to host a podcast so how did that come about
0: yeah so we as I mentioned we had radio.co and obviously there is this sort of similarity in the, the, the two the audiences that we serve and a lot of customers are coming to us saying you know we're thinking about doing a podcast for our radio station we're saying yeah that's a great idea and we looked at the market and we thought rather than building it into the existing platform, it really kind of commanded its own um, its own platform. So we thought, let's create podcast.co, you know, and um create an experience. So a lot of the hosts that we looked at that have been around for many years, and I won't start naming them, but they're kind of really old school. Like the user experience wasn't very good. They were clunky, mm-hmm. they weren't particularly easy to use. And I really felt like they weren't very friendly. For people who are looking to start out. So what we wanted to do is create something that was, you know, easily accessible for someone who perhaps didn't have very much experience and just a, a lot more of a kind of unified, you 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 know, a beautiful experience, I guess, in terms of the design of the product and and the experience, you know, as you as you're kind of creating your podcast, et cetera. And that was really the initial goal of, of the platform. We we wanted to make something super clean and super simple. And I think you definitely achieve that because um, I'm, obviously I've had the digital
1: marketing podcast now for 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 some time, and mm. I hopped around and I went well I'll go. I, I thought I'm a, I'm a bit of a nerd. I'll go self hosted, but that becomes you know sometimes a little bit too demanding to ask for for one person to sort of manage. So I went over to some of the big names in kind of podcast hosting, mm. and you're absolutely right when when you talk about they can be very clunky they can be very heavy they can be not very user-friendly at all and when i um eventually integrated myself over onto your platform it was it was a very nice interface it was very very seamless and so i think you can take one of those uh, big achievements off because you definitely achieved that
0: yeah and and one of the other things as well is you know, obviously you're familiar with how marketing tech has has kind of gone over the last few years. We wanted to be a platform that was really looking at integrations and and how we could develop value and tools around that as well, which is how Matchmaker was born and we'll get onto that in a bit. But for example, we've just added Zapier integration. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone else offering that, but you know, if you look at a lot of tools in marketing, most most platforms have got some kind of integration with Zapier or Zapier and, um, you know, it allows you to kind of extend and we kind of we're sort of moving down that route where we're we're building more integrations we also built an integration with a company called headliner um Mm -hmm. which is a tool basically to produce videos so so when you sign up to podcast.co you actually get a headliner account included as part of that which allows you to you know build assets for social media etc um and i think that's the way to go is is working with with emerging platforms and working with um, you know integrations allow you to link things together because ultimately as a marketer the more automation you can use the, the more time it saves you
1: Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right in terms of, I mean, uh, I come from, I'm a, uh, a digital marketing manager in, in my day-to-day role and, you know, working with a whole series of tools. I suppose we all dream and hope uh, of one day having that ultimate tool that will do everything for you. In fact, I was I was on a, I'm in a WhatsApp group at the moment full of creatives uh, that they're calling themselves. And, um, you know, there was one in particular individual that was saying, you know, what platform do you use? Uh, and I'm going, well, what for? and it basically went everything and I went if only that existed but it doesn't you know what you what you have to do because everyone works in different ways everyone operates in different ways what you actually need to do is you need to find the platform that suits you and make sure that everything integrates with each other to make your life as seamless as possible and sometimes I think people feel comfortable when they're just working with one platform um, uh, because they just want it to do do everything for them but and they feel scared when they go well i'm gonna have this tool for this and i'm gonna have this tool for this and i'm gonna have this tool to this but they do integrate with each other even though they're not necessarily all built by the same developer it's just about finding that integration so it is really really important let's talk about podcasting and marketing because it is one of the biggest um sort of trends, I suppose, that's coming around at the moment. Now, podcasting itself has been around for absolutely donkey's years. I remember many, many moons ago, and I think it was in 2001, 2002, when I was listening to, you know, uh, the Ricky Gervais and Carl Pilkington podcasts and uh, that were going around and they were very, very popular. They were number one in the charts. It's been around for a long, long time. What's happened with podcasting throughout that time? And why are we seeing such a resurgence now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think part of it has been driven by things like the wider availability of data on, on mobile phones you know mm-hmm. back in the late 2000s podcasting was really something that was reserved for the enthusiasts. so in order to get a podcast you had to download it first onto you know your computer and then you had to transfer it back then it was by a physical like cable into your iphone or your ipod mm-hmm. rather you know and some people would have ipods some people didn't you know so it was kind of you know, to transfer audio onto your iPod was, 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 wasn't was that easy and it wasn't something you kind of always updated. Whereas obviously now you get the latest episode onto your phone, you know, while while you're walking around town, which is great. You know, but I think so that's been one of the reasons that sort of consumption has gone up. I think also just the amount of money that's been invested into podcasting by bigger brands, they've started mm. to see it as more of a, you know, a viable route to market and a viable communication platform versus uh you know maybe five years ago which has also driven up consumer sort of awareness you know companies like the bbc have invested in sort of bbc sounds and they've got a lot of celebrity podcasts on there you know the mm. famously Gemma collins i think it was like last summer or the summer before she said at the start of the summer she didn't know what a podcast was by the end of the summer she was number one on on um you know on the entertainment category in the uk uh because uh you know she's got that celebrity status and of course everyone just flocked to to listen to her her podcast even though she didn't even know what the medium was at the start of the summer so i think things like that have triggered wider spread uh, knowledge of what podcasting is and kind of and driven up listener figures basically
1: uh, to to say that Gemma Collins will take every opportunity is probably an understatement. But I've noticed that she's now got her own lockdown show uh, yeah, on, on ITV. I don't
0: I don't think it was I don't think it was obviously solely driven by T- Gemma Collins. But I think you know um, <laughs> certainly companies like the BBC investing into it and, yeah. and celebrity uptake has, has really contributed to you know perhaps people who weren't really aware or would wouldn't go to the kind of the extent of actually understanding, well, how do I listen to podcasts? And of course they're listening to that and then they start seeing other podcasts and think, Oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. Mm So it kind of is that snowball effect. What is it
1: about podcasting that's made it, made it so, um, I don't know, it it made it so powerful now as a marketing tool, because, um, it's, obviously we have, we have lots of different mediums now we're in, we're now in a, in a modern age where we can, we, we, we can now, converse with customers and converse with brands through video and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram Mm. stories and TikTok now, everyone's dancing on TikTok while everyone's on lockdown. What is it about podcasting that makes it so very different? Because I, for me personally, it is very, very different. I
0: consume podcasts by the absolute bucket load. So what is it about it? I think, well, first and foremost, as marketers or entrepreneurs, we have a huge amount of time available that you don't have via other mediums you know people will sit and listen to your podcast as long as it doesn't just sound like a promotional message from end to end but people will engage with the podcast for quite some time you know there's statistics out there that show people listen to generally speaking like 70 percent of the episode uh so you know when you're scrolling through your feed on facebook or instagram you've got seconds to get people's attention literally and then quite often maybe 30 seconds on youtube or something like that With podcasts, you know, people are paying attention for 20 minutes. So that's really valuable um, as a marketing tool. Um, And also, I think, you know, it it allows you to sort of think a bit more about telling stories. And and because it's audio is the oldest form of communication, right? It's been around Mm. since before we could write. So it's still got that sort of personal touch. And I think perhaps podcasts are seen by the public as more of a kind of impartial source of of, 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 uh, information. What do you think? Yeah.
1: Uh, no absolutely i agree with you there because let's take the current circumstances that we are um currently find ourselves in and i'm mm. I, i'm it's very difficult for me to consume um information through the mainstream media because i'm going to be swayed on one way or the other depending on the medium but i'm taking a lot of my you know covid19 information at the moment through daily podcasts which are yeah. you know at the top of the uh at the top of the league tables at the moment they're at the top of the rankings because they are so problem for me they are very impartial i'm not feeling like i'm being swayed either way i feel like i'm getting it um, almost direct from the source
0: which i think makes me feel a whole lot more comfortable mm. so i think yeah that's that's probably one of the other reasons why people feel so connected to them versus you know uh just sort of other forms of media let's talk about matchmaker.fm
1: uh it's your new platform because one of the major challenges i've certainly found uh doing a podcast in this sort of um niche uh, so we call it this sort of vertical is yeah. is trying to find a good guest uh, trying to find good guests and trying to find places where i can go and talk to the brands and the business that are relatable to me that i want to go and talk to um is very very difficult i have there's a lot of almost manual labor involved where i have Mm. to to sort of source these people uh, and find these people and have those conversations so where did matchmaker fm come from
0: yeah, so matchmaker.fm, the premise is very simple. We're here to connect guests with podcasters. Now you can sit on either side of the fence, you could sit you just like yourself, you can say, I'm I'm a podcaster, I want to interview industry experts, I want to find interesting people to interview. Or if you don't have your own podcast and um, perhaps you have expertise in a specific field, and it can really be anything, you know, it doesn't just have to be kind of marketing or um you know entrepreneurship. It can be, you know, it can be something to do with science. We've got experts in medical professions, music. Uh, religion, all sorts of stuff, okay? Uh, and, you know, the platform is just designed to make those connections. And really, the the way it came around was last summer, probably about this time last year, we were, you know, gearing up to launch podcast.co. We were thinking, right, what else could we do? What, what other marketing funnels could we create which would, um, you know, make people more aware of the podcast.co brand? And we came up with this idea of, you know, most podcasts are based or a fair amount of them, I think it's 60% are based around, hosting um, guests and, and interviewing people hmm. okay uh, so we thought well look, look why don't we we sort of um, set up a couple of pages really like you know they were just basically like opt-in forms um, yeah. and we we noticed that, that, that these opt-in forms of people who were looking to either get more interviewed on more podcasts or find out find more guests were actually starting to get quite a few few opt-ins, and they were getting a lot of traction so we thought well, hang on, maybe this is something we could do, which isn't just a funnel, but actually building a product out of this. So the idea for matchmaker.fm was born, we kind of spent um, probably a, a few weeks at the time working with our um, UI UX designer on kind of creating the the mock-up for the product, you know, almost like wireframes, but a little bit better. And we mm. thought, well, let's let's call it matchmaker. Um, and initially we were thinking, do we build it as part of podcast.co, just have it for clients? But we thought, well, no, this is a much bigger market out there. Um, so we kind of validated the idea before we actually spent time writing any code. We sort of, we set up these opt-in forms, we we tested the idea, we saw that there was demand there. And then we kind of, we went about building the product probably back end of last year and bought it to market in, I think it was the middle of February. So we've been live two and a half months, coming up to three months, about to hit 3,000 users. And we haven't really amazing. spent a penny on advertising so far.
1: Wow, that that is amazing. I will say, so in the past, um, so I signed up to Matchmaker when you first launched as a show, first yep. of all. Um, in the past 24 hours slash 48 hours, maybe, um, I signed up as a guest. And within that, 48 hours I've managed to source two guests for my show and I've also managed to source a, appearing on another podcast um uh within that 48 hours that's that's how powerful it was and I will say it is very super easy to sign up to it was very super easy to use again in true podcast co form uh, it's it was very easy to use and very accessible and I think you're right you didn't want to integrate that into podcast co because there is such a bigger market for mm. it you know I'm starting to think I you know I've got clients that I work with from my agency where they're got they've all got businesses and um, and products that they want to talk about and there'll be podcasts out there which will be related to their verticals related to their niche we could get them signed up onto the platform and they can start talking to and conversing with with podcasters in that niche without all that labor intensiveness of being you having to go and do that audience research well that, that product research should we say in finding podcasts so yeah it's been it's been really really effective how did you find um sort of marketing the matchmaker so you said you've got so many users coming coming onto the platform how did you how did you source them in the end or were they all through the opt-in
0: form so the the the, the tricky thing is to begin with obviously we had some people on the opt-in form um we maybe had i don't know say between i think it was between 50 and 100 on each side so 1500 podcasts 1500 guests um when around the time we launched but you know the, the trick was, well, no one's going to want to go onto this platform if there's no podcasts on there. And, and likewise, podcasts aren't going to want to go onto the, this platform without any guests. Uh, so the trick was to really try and onboard as many of those those initial people as mm. we could, just so it wasn't a ghost town, because no one wants to engage with something where it just seems like a bit of a ghost town. We, yeah. Because we already have those lists, we were able to quickly kind of at least get a, a a sort of, you know, so we could get some screenshots and sort of show the people this is a real thing. It's not just, you know, there's not just three guests on there and two podcasts. <laughs> uh, so, so, so that I think that was good to begin with. Um, the other thing w- is we made it closed. So you couldn't start browsing guests or seeing podcasts until you'd signed up. So, mm. of course, you know, people coming onto the landing page, they would sign up, you know, because they wanted to see what was in it, which obviously encourages people to sign up. I think if we'd have just gone with a very open thing where anyone could browse guests, we wouldn't have had as many sign ups because obviously people would say, well, you know, there's only 10 podcasts in this category. So, so that, that was kind of the trick. So we do plan on actually turning it into more of an open directory where, you mm-hmm. know, anyone on the Internet can can actually find podcasts and then actually to make that connection. That's when they've got to sign up. But to begin with, that's why we kind of made the decision to kind of keep it as like a closed sort of ecosystem.
1: That's a really good point, actually, because I'm, I'm I'm thinking in my head that if you'd have made it that open ecosystem, yep. that, you know, people could be able to see it. You know, Google Plus springs to mind where it doesn't matter how many in terms of your you force people into using it, which was Google's eventual sort of strategy. which are going to force people into having a Google Plus page. The fact was that Google Plus was a ghost town. No one used yeah, it unless you absolutely. were an Uber nerd. And because no one used it and it was open and we everyone could see
0: that no one used it no one wanted to pick it up yeah exactly so so that's the thing we were keen to sort of and also we wanted to make it manageable for ourselves you know we we were focusing on filling it with quality podcasts and high quality guests and that's been the focus for the last sort of two and a half months and as a result the the feedback we've been getting has been really good in terms of people like like you've just said you know they've signed up and they've managed to get booked on with you know say five podcasts within the first uh, you know couple of days of being on the platform you know i yeah. think i always say to anyone who's thinking about signing up the key is being proactive you know if you yeah. sign up and hope for the best you might get some results because you've just you know you've just signed up so you might come up, up at the top of the list but you know i think being proactive and and like refining thinking about what podcasts you want to reach out to as a guest or if you're a, a podcast or a podcaster, what guests do you want to get on your show and, and and just sort of starting to send messages, that's the key to really getting the best results out of the platform. But you know, having said all that, we've got so much in the pipeline and and we have been treating it like a, a startup within a startup. So although mm-hmm. podcast.co is the parent company, we have, um, Matchmaker has its own small development team who are specifically focused on, um, on iterating and making it better and better. Um, and also as well, you know, we're kind of keen to sort of keep growing it because I think it, it's providing a lot of value for people already, which is great to see from our perspective. Um, but obviously, we're not charging for it at the moment. It's totally free to everyone. There's no limits. Um, so we, we, we obviously have a plan to kind of monetize it. There's always going to be mm-hmm. a free, free tier as well. Um, but, you know, it, it's very exciting. That it is really exciting. I will
1: say that when, you know, when I was using the platform over the last 24 hours, you know, I put in, you know, you say you're gonna to have to put effort in, you have to be proactive about it mm-hmm. in order to reap rewards. And that's very, very true. You know, I put, I, to be honest, I put in very, very little effort, um, you know, <laughs> right. just sort of I did, you know, it's a case of me just looking through. I wanted to find people, guests guess within, within my niche and you provided the categories for me to search by and uh, a location for me to look through. And I was looking at these individual guests, you know, in particular, I found the ability just to be able to hover over people's pictures and find a headline subtitle, a subtitle that people put on their profiles just to get a feel for people. Um, yeah. Allows me to very quickly scan through people, you know, uh, and then just sending a couple of messages out, um, you know, all within the space of, you know, an hour, an hour and a half just being able to do that it was mm. very little effort all in all and still managed to get those those rewards in the back what is in the pipeline for um, matchmaker then so you say you're going to plan to monetize it that i think that makes absolutely complete sense it's gonna and you're going to continue on with the with the free tier. how how mm. does it grow because at the end of the day it's a matchmaking um
0: you know podcaster guest sort of platform how, how do you grow it outside of that so i think well, potentially, you know, that's going to be our first and foremost the focus for the next year, I'd say. is just going to be purely in the podcasting space. I think further mm-hmm. down the line, we could look at other options. So, for example, we could be introducing advertisers to podcasts or brands who are looking for podcasts. We could be um, introducing people who are looking to host shows. You know, So, for example, a lot of brands want to start a podcast. They want someone else yeah. to front it um so there's loads and potentially even go down the route of looking at influencers and and micro influencers this kind of thing so there's so much stuff we could do with this platform but as I say to begin with our focus is it is in the podcasting space um one of the things that we're going to be doing soon is is introducing like an agency plan so we've we've had already quite a few PR companies uh influencer uh, marketing companies people who basically represent a bunch of clients uh, Mm -hmm. and and they want to get them booked on more podcasts so at the moment you know you can sign up for a profile for yourself. I think that's going to be the first route to monetization is having like an agency plan where they can have yeah. you know spin up multiple profiles and manage the communications on behalf of say 10 different clients that they represent. That seems like a logical next step. Um, and also that will allow us to keep it free for 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 individuals and for podcasters. Um, further down the line potentially look at a freemium module for for guests. I think you know it will always probably be 100 percent free to podcasters. I think with guests we might introduce a freemium model where Mm-hmm. Um, you know, additional functionality is provided, you know, they have higher, higher message limits or this kind of thing. But again, you know, this is all, you know, in future. So the kind of the main focus for now is continuing to grow up the platform, making the features better and making, uh, adding, adding a bunch more sort of function bits, bits of functionality and also opening up the directory just so it's a bit more SEO friendly. Cause as I say, Google can't currently crawl any of these, these profiles, um, so so that's kind of what's coming in the kind of Im- immediate future anyway.
1: What is the plan to uh, get more people because obviously you've got a great user base at the moment. is it going to be um, uh, word of mouth or are you going to Im- implement some kind of marketing strategy? You mentioned SEO there is that is the organic growth and through SEO going to be the main the main marketing strategy to get more users onto the yeah, platform because th- essentially it's not going to grow without that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, as I say, most of the growth so far has been through our own marketing efforts and um, and a lot of outreach as well, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously does take time. Um, and it's, it's ensured quality, I think, so far, but certainly yeah. it's not that scalable. So I think Opening up the profiles so they're crawlable by Google is gonna have uh, have an impact because you know a lot of these people who are on the prof uh, the guests sort of section, they're quite high profile individuals. They have audiences already. So quite often their their names in themselves will just be getting some some amount of search traffic. I think that will be a good solution for um increasing footfall on the website. Um and next up is just allowing people to share it with their audiences. You know, you can book me as a guest on Matchmaker. You can't mm, currently yes. do that. And I think in, in, in sort of encouraging that social uh, sharing capability and sort of, in, you know, again, building it into the workflow. So when we onboard a podcaster or, you know, when we onboard a guest, um, having a button which just says, you know, tweet now, you know, hey, fancy get me on your podcast. Uh, you can book me here, click this link. Stuff like that mm. will, I think, really encourage, um, you know, make make more people aware of the platform and help grow it uh, encourage the footfall to the site as well.
1: I completely agree. I think that's a really um, very smart, very a very key strategy to have to be able to sort of, and it's 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 organic as well. You know, I mm. think it's it's not um it's going to actively seek a interested and active audience, um, yeah. which is going to be uh, key to growing that that platform. James, it's not often I be able to get um. Uh, what can I say? A founder of a, a podcasting hosting platform and now a match matchmaking service onto the show. So I do know that I'm going to have a lot of people asking me um, for uh, you know advice about how to start up their podcast. And I'm sure you get asked this question a hell of a lot. Um, but what is your go-to advice for people that want to start um,
0: start a podcast? Uh, you know, from from the ground up. Well, I think the first thing to say is just get started. You know, there's too many people who. Uh, In fact, I think I've got a video coming out today saying four things, four reasons that will kill your podcast. If you want to see that, it's on my YouTube. Just search James Mulvaney. Um, But yeah, one of the reasons I make is is people think about starting a podcast quite often for months, sometimes years before they actually do. Now, yeah, of course, it might not be perfect from the start you know, you're not going to, ultimately, you're not going to have any, that first episode, you know, you're starting at zero, aren't you? No one is going to be listening to it. Um, Unless you've got a huge amount of marketing collateral or a big audience already, in which case, you know, you you can kind of hit the ground running to some extent. But, you know, you've got to build up to it. But ultimately, the sooner you start, the sooner you can embark on that journey. And I think people get too caught up in, Oh, what am I going to say? What do I sound like? I don't sound good enough. Or, you know, uh, I don't, you know, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. It's just excuses, excuses. So I think that's the first and foremost bit of advice is just actually start, start doing something. It's not hard to record your first episode, really. There's plenty of tools out there that make it simple. Or you can just download a bit of software like Audacity for free, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to your computer and start recording. And, you know, I think also the second piece of advice as well is have a good concept. I think gone are the days when podcasts are, you know two blokes down the pub just having a laugh i think if you want to get cut through unless you're really really funny and you kind of naturally a great comedian or something you've got to try and have some kind of clever concept or at least be targeting a market that you know hungry for what what is whatever it is you have to offer i guess um so so you know i think sort of thinking about strategy thinking about the title of it all of these sort of things kind of call it fall into play And again, there's There's plenty of resources on podcast.co which kind of talk through all of this sort of stuff.
1: Well, it's very interesting that you bring that up because I want to talk to you about digital. You're an entrepreneur. You know, you have now a huge portfolio of um, businesses, which I'm sure you've had a very um, hands on approach regarding your digital marketing strategy. And I I will say this (laughs) good. I will say this is that um, when I've been on the likes of uh, the podcast.co site, when your your marketing strategy is actually very 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 clever and very very well thought out and the reason I say that is because your the content that you produce you you surround everything that you do with with excellent and fantastic content and you've managed to i will say this and this is going to sound like i'm just you know complimenting you up to the clouds but i I will say this is that even during this downtime that we've had in terms of the lockdown you've managed to continue that and carry that on you know your content is very uh, well done and made um and written but also very well presented and i think that's you know I think there's always a misconception with content marketing as a whole is that you can just write content and it doesn't matter how you present it and it doesn't matter how it looks or anything like that. It's just a case of write content,
0: get it out there
1: and you know inevitably an audience will come. I'm sure you're not a prescriber of that.
0: No, I think you've got to put uh, everything you've got into content and take it seriously as a business as a software company. Technically we are a software company, right? Hmm. I've always you know for the last at least sort of 4 or 5 years um, had a almost like a production a media arm or a production arm of the company in house. So we yeah. actually have, for example, uh, two full time oh sorry one full time one part time videographers right who just mm-hmm. whose job it is to make videos all day every day. And most of the, their work we do a bit of client work now with the podcast side of stuff, but most of the work is internal. Most of it's just creating content to promote our products and services and deliver value to the marketplace. We have, um, you know, a marketing team who are writing content all day. Again, all in house, and you know, and, and the the team all very passionate about the subjects that they're actually creating content for. So I think that's kind of one of the key things is find people who are, you know, really passionate about podcasting or or whatever it is the service that you're trying to market. That's kind of one of the most important things. And you're right, um, just writing something or just kind of copying someone else doesn't always work. It's interesting because on radio we have um, a competitor who, you know, in the early days was literally just copying every piece of content we put out, just literally <laughs> mimicking it. And it was kind of so like, we, you know, frustrating for the guys at the office who'd spent a lot of time working on, you know, sometimes it can be a couple of days working on, you know, a long-form bit of content, or it can even be longer if you think about the time that's spent researching, et cetera. And then just hmm. to have someone copy it, it's kind of frustrating. But ultimately you've got to be original and you've got to think about what your audience are actually wanting mm-hmm. and i think they respond well to that they can they can kind of see that you know that you're spending time doing this and you're establishing your brand as an authority or as a kind of knowledge knowledge um what's the word sort of like a knowledgeable character i suppose but you know as a brand w- within a marketplace and i think you know it's really really powerful so i'm i'm huge on content very passionate about it and I quite enjoy making it as well. I think it's fun to pass on your knowledge to others.
1: I think that's really, really key. And I'm going to refer you back to a point because you were saying that before how you've and I think it's fantastic. You've employed a full-time and a part-time videographer, and their yeah. job is just to go around and, and create this content. And I'm thinking about um if if I said that to some of my clients, I think they'd absolutely run for the hills because I think all they'd say back to me is going, Well, you know, is there any ROI on that? You know, is there any return on investment on me having a full-time member of staff running around yeah. just making video content? What do you what would you say in response? to um, to someone that was saying that
0: back to you? Well, I mean, as I say, we've always created video and we used to do it, you know, the marketing team sort of used to do it. We kind of all would take a bit, take, you know, take part in, in creating video and the videos were good, but they weren't really amazing. When you hire someone mm-hmm. who's specifically, you know, for that role and they're an expert in shooting and editing, you know, it just takes things to the next level, which again, mm-hmm. he- helps you stand out from from your competition. Most of your competition won't have that luxury. So the content if they are making videos they'll either just be outsourced, which is never as good because I think you know when you whenever you've tried outsourcing video in the past it's not been great they don't really understand the business fully et etc um so I think that's the benefit of bringing it in-house really is you you've got someone who's kind of living and breathing what you do and kind of really gets it and and ultimately as well you can spend you can spend time you know creating content um and and it, and revising it to make sure that it's spot on. Mm -hmm. i Uh, think what is but it is quite hard it's sorry to mention that the 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 roi thing i'd say it is quite hard to measure when you're spending you know you've got a team of say five people working on content for a brand Mm. um you know your roi ultimately is going to be overall how many customers you're getting through the door what deals are coming from it and again sometimes it's a long long it's you're playing the long-term game because you know you create content So for example, with podcast.co, before we launched, we were were writing blog posts and creating videos the year before we actually had anything to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Because it takes time, you know
1: it is mad it, it, you know it, and I, I think i was i was there i was almost there watching watching that journey because you were you were you were creating content and you didn't have that product it's certainly yeah. it's not until very very recently you've had the pricing model set up um you know where you but you you've built and created uh that that audience which has been and i think the other thing the other part of that which i think i, I want to talk to you about is this idea that i think some business owners some entrepreneurs they they may think well the Marketing will just solve everything. It'll solve every problem, and I think with your product, um, with your product set, what you've actually managed to achieve. First of all, you've entered a market which is a, a you know, podcast hosting um, a, a management platform is a a diluted market. You know, there are yeah, a lot of crowded. other competitors. Yeah, it's a crowded, crowded market, and you have to, um, you have to be good in order to. Um, to sort of stand out in that in, in itself, but also you've managed to stand out in that, like we mentioned before in terms of its usability. And so you've had this balance really between you've got a good product and you've managed to really stand out in terms of the content that you uh, that you sort of churn out as well. So, you know, you can't you have to have both. Sometimes sometimes people just think, well, I've got this crap product and I'm just going to market it and the market will just the marketing will just solve everything for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, well, content links into marketing really, doesn't it as well? But it's just, you know, I, I'm I'm a big believer, I don't think I'd ever be able to launch a business without, without having a good content strategy. It's just so, <laughs> I think it's just so, so good. And it's funny, because you're right, there's, there's still a lot of people who aren't really taking it that seriously, or they're not doing a very good job of it. So immediately, you've got something that positions you in a, a sort of better place than than a lot of your co- competition. You know, and it's the same in the podcast space. There's, there's still a lot of the the other companies that you know, they don't, they don't they're not really delivering much value to the marketplace outside of their offering. Like they don't necessarily all of them have a good content strategy in place. Some do, some don't. But that was definitely our our route to market to kind of make some noise and also just things like the branding as well. We wanted to make the brand podcast.co co quite a fun brand. You know, we had. We used to have like a bright orange homepage. We've sort of toned it down a bit now, but there's still very colourful, lots of elements to it, which are kind of quite fun and playful. Which, again, a lot of the the other sort of players in the market aren't aren't like that at all. No,
1: absolutely. I mean, it is it is a very modern brand it really does stand out and again it's another one of those elements that sometimes some business owners some entrepreneurs they fall down on because they don't want to spend that amount of effort in and i think what i get the feeling is that every single element within that business has had a lot of thought and a lot of effort put into it it's not just been a slap dash um kind of output which is really great to see and really great to see from from my personal point of view a a manchester essentially a manchester based agency I mean you're up the road from uh, up the road from me which is really yeah.
0: fantastic to see yeah cool well thanks uh, thanks very much
1: <laughs> so james I, I think you're in lockdown at the moment we don't know when we're going to be coming out of this i'm guessing yeah. that your podcast um intake in terms of what you've been listening to is uh, either increased or has may perhaps changed so what are the current podcasts that you are listening to at the moment
0: that's a good question uh let's have a look sam talks right <laughs> i was interviewed on this podcast a while ago and this is what i've got open right this second when i open up the podcast app uh, okay. that's pretty good sam Sethi, he's a great guy he's got some interesting interviews on there um i've got a name drop my own podcast why not create of Spire, uh, <laughs> which we just finished the the second season of um you know, and, and and sort of a bunch of others. I'm one of these people, right? I kind of hop from podcast to podcast. I don't listen. I'm, I, I don't like watching like these 24 part Netflix um, documentaries. I just don't yeah. have the time, and I'm I'm kind of the same with podcasts. I will sort of listen to one episode here and one episode there, uh, rather than sort of obsessing over a whole season. and listen, making sure I listen to every episode of something. So. Yeah, it's the
1: beauty of on-demand, I suppose, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. You can pick and choose. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm of the same thing. I must say, I, sometimes I get very, very into a podcast. Um, for example, I've now listened to uh, the British History podcast for about three years now because there's about 500 episodes that I've got to get through, and I'm still only in. 1066 around this point of view from, from in terms of British history, which is mad. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I sort of pick up podcasts at the go. I'm currently listening to the scrubs podcast, which is currently come out with Zach Braff and Donald vason um, which is going really, really well. And it's very, very entertaining. Um, James, what can I say? Thank you so much uh, for joining me. What else have you got going on at the moment? You've got um, your lunchtime videos that you're still doing at the moment as well.
0: Yes. Uh, Working Lunch is called. That's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. U- UK time, uh, which are good fun, actually. You know, it's 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 just like a live podcast, isn't it? So uh, yeah. every single week I speak to a different guest. Um, the theme is really quite loose. So it's around growing business, growing your team or uh, growing your audience. Uh, And I basically ask each guest just to bring to the table like three strategies, you know, or three areas of just topics of discussion. So that's quite good. And that's one of these things I actually started because we, you know, LinkedIn Live, if you come across that yet, uh, you you know, you have to either be invited or be approved. And either way, it takes a while to get approved. I think there's more, I've noticed now there seems to be a lot more people doing it. But Hmm. back in the last year, I applied, it was like October, didn't get approved until, I think it was January, no, February time. And I thought, well, I need to do something with it now. So I was like, right, what can I do? And this is how this concept came about. And it was just very, it was very much just like one afternoon. I thought, oh, I'm going to do this. And uh, it's just, we've kept doing it every single week. So it's been good fun. And, uh, you know, I think it kind of, it, it, it again, it, the, the sort of the, the breadth of different topics that I've disco- the, the sort of discussed on it uh, is incredible. And the amount of people I've spoken to, again, it's just, it's crazy. People I would have never had conversations with Otherwise, it's just the same as podcasting. I think both mediums are fantastic for networking.
1: The, some of the best ideas do come from just going, what can I do? <laughs> and then just sort of going with it. Yep. yeah, absolutely. Uh, James, uh, before I let you go, please let everyone know where they can find you, where they can follow you and find out anything else that's going on.
0: Yeah, so I'm at uh, jamesm.com. That's my website. Uh, podcast.co, obviously, and at matchmaker.fm. And uh, I'm on all the social channels. If you want to just search for James Mulvaney, I'm putting out lots of content myself now, as well as uh, through through the brands that we run. And I will say this, you know, if you are if if you are someone, you know, a business a
1: business person, an entrepreneur, whatever it is, and you are looking to get yourself out there, um, and you're looking to try and um, expose your name and your personal brand a little bit more, then I will I will recommend getting yourself onto the Matchmaker platform because um, I think it's a really good opportunity, and if you want to be a place where you need to be at, and you want to get into uh, communicate with the niche audiences that you need to communicate with mm. in order to expand and help your business. And that is the place to be it's on podcasting it's it's on audio platforms um, and Matchmaker is just growing and growing and growing James thank you so so much
0: cheers Tom it's been great it's been a pleasure thank you
1: Thank you so much to James Mulvaney from Podcast Co and uh, Matchmaker.fm for coming on to the Digital Marketing Punkcast. If you enjoyed the show or you have any questions, queries or feedback about the show, then please do get in touch. I would love to hear from you. So you can do that. You can email us, punkcast at dmpunk.co.uk. You can also connect with me across all of the social media platforms. You can find me on Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash I am DM Punk or on Twitter at I am DM Punk and Instagram at I am DM Punk. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn by searching for Digital Marketing Punk and you will find me. It would also be great if you haven't done so already, if you could go and subscribe to the Digital Marketing Punkcast. And if you really like the show and you can help me out, you can show your appreciation by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will really help me out. Um, so, I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you will join me in the next episode of the Digital Marketing Punkcast. I will see you then.